You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Tuesday, day off for the Pels as they have getting some rest after the four-game losing streak they're on. But that four-game losing streak is putting their playoff uh, chances in down. I'm going to go over some of the things I've seen during the streak, maybe why they've turned into playing such bad basketball at times, actually, especially offensively. Then we're going to talk about something that kind of got kicked off yesterday. It was a bit of a firestorm. Does Anthony Davis deserve criticism? We'll look at that one a little bit. I'm going to have Seth Dunlap, the guy who wrote the article of WWL Radio, host a double coverage to show I'm on pretty frequently. Uh, I'll have him on later in the week, hopefully. And then we'll touch on what happens if the Pelicans miss the playoffs. What should happen if the Pelicans miss the playoffs? It was on WDSU last night with Fletcher Mackle, and he asked me that question. We kind of went over what we'd likely see changed with this organization. So we'll touch on that. We'll also just take a quick look at the upcoming five games, whether they're easy, whether they're hard, and kind of look overall at that stretch. So the four-game losing streak, and some things have jumped out at me, and I ran the numbers, ran the numbers, looked at the numbers on the NBA.com slash stats website to check and see if they match up. That's usually the approach I go. I see something, then you kind of find, do the stats back it up? And if they don't, did you see it correctly, or do you need to kind of reassess and readjust? But some things really were kind of peeking out there. So during this stretch, the Pelicans' offense has been bad. I think we all know that. They have the fourth-worst offensive rating during this four-game stretch uh, over all of the teams in the league right now. And as you look at it, you know, this Pelicans team isn't a good shooting team. They had that stretch where they were good from three-point range for a little while, but a lot of that was due to DeMarcus Cousins. Now that he's not here, the um, the the shooting just has kind of almost fallen off a cliff, and you don't really trust the Pelicans to hit a three-pointer at all. But it's more than that. They're not a good just jump shooting team in general. And when I wrote about it um, a couple of weeks ago, when we had an uh, episode dedicated to it here on Locked On Pelicans, it was about the early offense, the playing in transition, the taking shots early or very early in the shot clock instead of that average and late range. Well... Look at how this offense has changed during this four-game losing streak. So during the winning streak, and it were in times after DeMarcus Cousins, the team right now, or the team then, was taking 38% of their offense in that average range with 15 to 7 seconds left on the shot clock. It's jumped to 44.3% uh, over these last four games. They also only have an E-field goal percentage of 49.3 during that stretch. That's fifth worse. So this team, once they start to get in the half court and let defenders get set, let defenses get set, really do struggle to score unless it's kind of give the ball to Anthony Davis and score that way. Early on in the shot clock when guys aren't set, that's when they tend to uh, do well. So go to early in the shot clock. During the streak, they were scoring, or not even the streak, it was after the Cousins injury. 24.8% of their shot attempts came during that early stretch, 18 seconds to 15 seconds, uh, you know, left on the shot clock. Well, that's dropped down to 20.2% on offense during this 
four-game losing streak. And that's where they do the best. They have an e-field goal percentage of 66.7 there. Fifth best in the league during these past four games. So they're going away from what they do best. They're doing it, you know, about four and a half percent fewer. And they're going more to where they're the fifth worst shooting team during this four-game stretch. And doing that about 6.3% more. Not exactly the direction you want to be going with that. This team can't really get that early offense. And part of that, and I don't think uh, rebounding has been an issue all year for this team. Look where they are. It's the turnovers that give you empty offensive possessions, but we'll touch on that one too. But defensive rebounding recently has been a little bit rougher for the Pels. They're 23rd in defensive rebounding percentage during this four-game losing streak and 24th in opponent's second-chance points per game. So... Not what you want to see from this team whatsoever. So they're not able to get those stops on the defensive end with a rebound and then get out and transition and run. That's been a problem here. Uh, But they do actually happen to have the 12th best defensive rating during the stretch. They're limiting teams. The defense is improving. It's not to the point where it needs or where it's you can win games with it. But they're not getting blown out by any stretch in any of these games. And they're usually holding teams to under their scoring averages. So that's kind of something we've seen and makes a lot of sense. It is just that offense that's been killing you. And they're turning the ball over 15.5% of the time. Ranks 23rd. So in the bottom third bottom 20 here of everything or the bottom 10 of everything when it comes to the these offensive categories that are are not helping you they also have a they're 26 in e-field goal percentage so they're not shooting well we've seen that but the turnovers are killing you you empty possessions empty trips you're not able to kind of get that score you got to then run back and try and play in transition the pelicans are actually six in, in opponents uh, opponent points off turnovers i cannot talk th- today or this week apparently uh so the team is 16th in points off turnovers for opponents that's actually good they're limiting the damage there this defense is playing well as we've seen it's the offense that's struggling during this four game stretch and they're not being carried enough by Anthony Davis we've seen him disappear in that Cavs game he didn't really feel like he had an impact same thing against OKC he had good numbers but a lot of them kind of came late when the game was more or less already lost and the Pelicans were furiously just trying to get back into it so what we'll talk about in the next segment then is is he is it valid to criticize him so before we get to that, make sure you subscribe, like on Facebook, follow it on Twitter. It's at Locked On Pels, the Locked On Pels social media. The Facebook stuff's important. It helps keep this free in five days a week for you. Just search Locked On Pels, Locked On Pelicans. Give it a quick like, follow it on Twitter at Locked On Pels, and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Anthony Davis and criticism. And this kind of got kicked off by my good friend Seth Dunlap host of double coverage there on WWL radio 8 to 11 p.m. 8:70 a.m. in New Orleans might be on 105.32 their sister FM station but the 8:70 is the big one you guys all know WWL radio down here locally and asked is it fair to criticize Anthony Davis during this losing streak or at all period and he and I were texting a little bit yesterday I was on a different radio show and they actually asked me about it And I said, of course it is. And I've seen a lot of people say, well, you know, look at all he's done for this team. Look at where he's gotten them. You know, how how can you criticize this guy? And is it fair? It's that's not how this works. So 
the the biggest thing that people are saying, look how far he's taken this team. He's gotten on the right on the edge of playoff contention um, without uh, DeMarcus Cousins, without a really good supporting cast. And a lot of people would rather throw the blame on Dell Demps or head coach Alvin Gentry. And this goes to a thing that a lot of people want to do, which is where you just find someone to blame and it makes sense and it's easy, when frankly, it's rarely ever easy to kind of find an answer to these things or who to criticize. And it's more than one people. And it's not like, you know, you fire the head coach, you bring a new one in and everything's fixed. That isn't how it works whatsoever. But it's easier to kind of rationalize and think like that. So I think that's why people kind of want to get, take this away from Anthony Davis saying he can't really do everything. But the thing is, and remember I had Louise Corso of LockedOnPelicans.com on with me, and we talked about it, that, that he laughed when he first heard, and I did too because I thought it was ridiculous, the Russell Westbrook mentality of Anthony Davis because that is something we've just never seen from the guy. But yet he goes out and he does it and he puts up these insane stat lines and does them regularly. And the question then becomes, why the hell wasn't he doing this before? Why did it take the DeMarcus Cousins injury to happen for him to kind of get into this alpha dog mentality and mindset and just learn to take over games like that? Why wasn't he doing this last season, the season before that? And why wasn't he doing it earlier this year when he had DeMarcus Cousins? Even if it's, well, you got to share the ball with Cousins. Cousins is going to be very happy just winning, letting AD do his thing and playing kind of the second role to it like he was doing anyway this year. So I think this is the, that's the valid criticism is why wasn't he doing this? Why over these past couple of games has he not taken over like you'd like him to? You can point to the ankle injury. That's fine. But that doesn't excuse it entirely. And it does make you wonder what's going on here and why isn't this something that's done consistently? We've seen it. His, his kind of attitude and how into the game he's in was not always there early on in the season at times. So I think this is you know, a valid thing to criticize him for. Now, I don't think there's much else to criticize him for. He's done basically everything he can other than, you know, dragging this team single-handedly into the playoffs. But this team and the mentality of it and the makeup of it would be entirely different if he was playing like he was towards the end of the season to begin the season. And that is valid to say. You know, then we wouldn't be worried about these upcoming five games and do the Pelicans make it in. So I wasn't really going to touch on the Red Bull stunt that he did because honestly, what does it matter? And the the other than it was terrible. And then I see as I'm recording this right now, it's seven in the morning on Tuesday. We woke up early to record this because I was too tired last night watching the NCAA title game. I like college basketball to a degree that the final is fun. The final four is fun. This is a tangent. Man, just I watch so much NBA, it's rough to watch those guys. But Villanova, interesting team, a lot of threes, kind of seeing the NBA effect heading there. But anyway, as I record this, Anthony Davis pops up on my Twitter timeline promoting Mobile One. And man, if you click on his Twitter, it's starting to look like Drew Brees, where it's just promoted post, promoted post, promoted post. And that's really it. And maybe this is just a New Orleans thing here, Um, just something I found interesting. But anyway, you know, that stuff is fine. He's recorded all these things probably well ahead of time. I don't think it has anything to do with his preparation for these four games, for the four-game losing streak. The bigger thing is I'm worried about his ankle and making sure that's right because he does look off right now. If it's not the ankle, it's something else, and maybe it's the minutes catching up to him potentially too. But something's got to get fixed here, and he's got to be the one that leads this team to the playoffs. It's not anyone else. This team is going to go as far as he does, so he needs to wake out wake up from his own personal little slump. Otherwise, yeah, 
there's going to be criticism. And if it's, well, you're playing on an injured ankle, you shouldn't have been doing that. you got to look at maybe does he hurt the team while he's out there? Because there were times in that Thunder game where he absolutely did. So again, criticism is very fair here and at times very warranted. So before we take a quick look at the upcoming schedule, these final five games, where is there a trap game in there? I'm actually not sure that there is. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast Monday through Friday, recapping everything going on around the league, talk, taking a look at the biggest stories, talking about everything you want to know with the NBA as a whole. A great refresher, a great reminder, a quick daily podcast to listen in addition to Locked On Pelicans. So make sure you subscribe to Locked On NBA. So these final five games for the Pelicans are going to obviously make or break the season, starting tomorrow with the Memphis Grizzlies, which of course we'll preview here on Locked On Pelicans. But this schedule looks okay, and I went on Locked On Nuggets yesterday to kind of give my confidence level in the team making the playoffs, and Adam Mata, the host of Locked On Nuggets, and I talked for a little bit about this Pels schedule, and he said he looked at it and he goes, yeah, you know, the Pels have this four-game losing streak. Uh, but, you know, is it really that bad? Do they just happen to play good teams right now and that's that? And, I mean, these were four good teams that they played and lost to. It wasn't like they lost to kind of a basement dweller or anything. And I said they played well in all of those games, again, which they have without really good performances from Anthony Davis. So, you know, these final five games have to make you feel a little bit better. you got the Grizzlies, who have beaten the Nuggets, who have beaten the uh, Timberwolves over the past month or so and played spoiler a little bit and kept this playoff race wide open. But they also rested Pau, not Pau Gasol, Marc Gasol the other night, took him out of a very winnable game. They very clearly want to lose at this point and not really win games. And you see him on the injury report, and I think you're going to continue to see him on the injury report to kind of hide the fact that they're outright tanking right now. I don't think they wanted to win those other two games and kind of kill their chances of a high pick. Because this is a team that's going to be right back in playoff contention next year. you got Gasol, you got Conley. And if you get a high youthful pick, get him in there, high youthful pick, high talented pick, whatever, and get him into that team and off the bench or what have you, an impact player, and you might be able to get one. You know, this is a team that jumps right back into contention for that bottom half of the Western Conference playoff seats. So right now they want to lose and that's their incentive. And just because they've beaten teams in the past, I expect this one should go the Pelicans way. Then they go on that West Coast road trip, which... You know, maybe initially looked kind of scary other than the Suns game. The Suns, who have won one game since January and likely aren't going to win one game the rest of the season. They have no incentive to. But they're still a young, youthful team. They've given the Pelicans a little bit of fits at times. But you've seen AD dominate them, and hopefully maybe that's the game he gets back on track against. But you look at the Grizzlies and the Suns, and you're just not worried about them, nor should you be. It's that Warriors game on the second night of a back-to-back that Saturday that maybe is going to be a concern here. But the Warriors are locked into the two-seed. They have nothing to play for. They've been banged up. They've been injured. You also don't necessarily want Kevin Durant getting any more technicals or ejections and potentially missing some time in the playoffs because of things like that or, or you know early games so that might be an issue where they just rest them maybe they trot out one of those lineups of names you've really never heard of before that still play incredibly well because that's what all Warriors players apparently do but that's a game that all of a sudden beca- does become very winnable for the Pelicans because they're not going to have all of their best guys or they're only maybe going to be playing them limited minutes so it could work out in the Pelicans advantage this though is the game that you have to be concerned about second night of a back-to-back you're going from Phoenix to Golden State 
you're going to be tired. It's still the Warriors. It's still an Oracle Arena where they have a ton of you know energy and loud, and it's just kind of a raucous home crowd environment that can throw a team off. Then on Monday, after a day off, you get the Clippers. This Clippers team's likely going to be eliminated uh, from playoff contention by this time this game tips off. It might be that day that the team gets eliminated officially from playoff contention, but for the most part, the Clippers should be out at this point, meaning they've got nothing to play for over their final two games. So why not just kind of rest their starters, put in some of the young guys, see what they're capable of. So that, in theory, bodes very well for the Pelicans. But you've got to also remember that sometimes those young guys want to prove something. If you got guys in contract years, they usually have big games, things like that. And that could upset this Pelicans team a little bit. So not necessarily what you want. But again, the Pels have played the Clippers very well. The loss being the, the game right after DeMarcus Cousins was injured that Sunday. You know, you had to figure this team was going to be in for a letdown then. So I don't worry too much about it. It seems very winnable, especially if the Clippers are eliminated from playoff contention. And then you've got the final game of the regular season against the Spurs, who might be locked into a playoff seat at that point. Might be in the four or five spot, unable to move. So they might rest some guys and just get them a little bit healthier. They've been dinged up at times. Just rest these guys who've been playing out of their minds for the final two months of the year, in play, basically in the playoffs and the playoff mentality already. So the Pels' final five games really does look wide open for them to go four and one, five and zero, oh, which will assuredly get you into the playoffs at that point, I would think. And then, you know, you can kind of go from there and see where you are seeding-wise and just get in and not worry about it. Uh, but potentially it means they could finish in that sixth seed, which I think is maybe their ceiling right now and what everyone's really hoping for, not seven or eight. But just getting in, I think, at this point, given the stakes and the situation and how everything's kind of panned out would be important. But Adam Mares was kind of... Uh, optimistic about the Pelicans saying he thought it would take a major collapse from them to avoid missing the playoffs. So hopefully that doesn't happen. If we're getting that from opposing uh, writers, bloggers, podcasters takes here for a team that's trying to make the playoffs, that's pretty good. So I think you've got to feel at least very optimistic about the Pelicans getting into the playoffs with those final five games. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Yes, you can criticize Anthony Davis. Yes, the Pelicans schedule to end the season does look very good, even though they've been playing, as we talked about in the first segment, pretty bad basketball offensively, and hopefully they'll get it on track tomorrow night against the Memphis Grizzlies. Of course, we will preview that game here in tomorrow's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow. 